Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamer, Matthew. Hello. How are you doing, Matt? This is the first time I've gotten to speak to you since uh, I got back from my trip. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did you have a good Christmas break? Oh, it was all right. Um, yeah, it was all right. I, I don't really call it much of a break considering I work retail, so... Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. So you... Work right up to Christmas and you're sort of back Boxing Day, yeah? Uh, I was back the day after Boxing Day, so... Right, um, yeah. Do you we, have stock take kind of around this time of year as well? No, we normally do it once a year, sort of in the middle of the year, so... Oh, uh, yeah, unless, ours unless is like of course, January. Unless, of course, it's really bad and then we have to do another one, so... But yeah. we, we weren't that bad, so we're okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're now part of the Apple ecosystem, aren't don't, you? That's a, a first for you. Don't tell everyone, gosh... <laughs> You're embarrassed about it. Um, you spent no, like just... years just kind of bagging out Apple and now no, you've well, got yourself a brand spanking new iPad, right? Uh, it's a mini. Um, it's a mini. Yeah. No, the, the only reason I got it is because I wanted a tablet. And let's be honest, folks, Android just does not have a good like competitor to the iPad. The iPad is like, it's almost baby's first tablet, but it does more once you know how to do more with it. So... Um, like nothing in the That's Android, true. nothing in the Android ecosystem kind of, you know, can beat an iPad. Like you've had a couple come close and then fade away and Samsung's just flooded it with a billion of them. And, you know, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get a surface because, uh, they're so I, expensive, the, not, not just that they're so expensive, but I've got a laptop that works fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so I get a surface if my laptop died and that, yeah, in that case, I would probably go and get the high-end Surface because it can do so much, and it's basically the perfect tablet, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, and I wasn't going to get an iPad Pro because that's a giant waste of space. Um, that's that's like basically, I yeah, Apple trying to be Microsoft, except they just made the iPad bigger and added a pencil. Um, mm. So yeah, I you know I got a mini, which is it's it's been kind of fun, you know, like it's just a portable little browser thing. It takes the strain off my phone when I'm surfing at home, um, and you know I can take notes on it when I'm out and about, which is kind of what I wanted it for. So yeah, yeah, I like I use my laptop like pretty much extensively, exclusively for work purposes. That kind of just kind of sits around my room, unless it's kind of going out to somewhere where I'm gonna have like a desk. Um, but my iPad's just that thing that I kind of keep in the back of my bag or, you know, leave on the coffee table for when I want to watch some Twitch or, like, just browse the internet, do, like, some online shopping or whatever. Um, I think it's great for purposes like that. You know, things where it benefits having just a bit of a bigger screen, a bit more kind of space to work with than, say, your phone. Um, but, yeah, I was... I nearly I nearly caved and got an iPhone because my contract expired. We were talking about this the other day in our text chat. Um, but I stuck with Samsung. Because uh, it's just cheaper. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> um, and I, I got the S7 Edge. I'm pretty happy with it so far. Yeah. yeah. I, I the, like it. The curved edges have grown on me. It, it suddenly clicked to me that like to like swipe. You know, you have to like pull over like windows and stuff from the right or like the top of your screen where like the notification bar is and stuff like that. Um, it suddenly dawned on me that if I just like put my finger on the edge and swipe down, it would work like every time which is pretty cool. Rather than trying to, like, guess where the edge of the screen is, and sometimes you don't go too far, or... You know yeah, what I mean? Good. Do you know it's... what I mean by that? <laughs> no, it's it's good. I, I've had the S6 Edge Plus for ages. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, no, it's it's a handy. It's a like it's a strange thing to get used to, but once you get used to it, it's really handy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it just makes some of the navigation of the phone like a little simpler for me. But it's it's um, good. You, it's good you stuck with it because um, I know someone who went and got an iPhone after being on Android for ages, mm. and they're not liking it that much. So. Yeah, like, I think what you said about the iPad is, like, 100% right. Like, if you know what you're doing and you know kind of which apps to download and you have, like, specific perps for it in mind, I think it works fine. Um, But when you start trying to, like, push the boundaries and start trying to, like, do a bit more than it's necessarily designed for, like, you start hitting the brick walls. I think there is a lot more freedom sort of on on Android programs. Um, I don't know why exactly that is. I think, you know, Apple are very kind of tightly control the sort of apps that are sort of on there and what it can and can't do. Um, I think they're a little bit more kind of lax on Android, which means you kind of get crappier, hard-fatted stuff like a a bit more regularly. But for the most part, like you can do a little bit more. There's a little bit more power there. Also, I was was really excited for Super Mario Run and then extremely disappointed when I found out it was just the first level uh, or the first three levels and that's it. And then they want want money from you and I'm like... Yeah, no, I'm not ready to buy apps of that caliber just yet, so... Yeah, I've not... I've been meaning to buy it, but I've not bought it yet. I, I just don't really make much of the time to play mobile games. And yeah. that being said, though, um, while I was away, Matt, you'll be glad to hear I played heaps of Pokemon Moon. Yeah, boy! Yeah. I, haven't, I actually haven't played that much of it, to be honest. So. Oh, right. I was really, I was really, really enjoying it. Um, whether or not I continue to play it at home remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, like certainly on the plane, like I was playing hours and hours and hours of it. So, uh, thoroughly enjoying that indeed. But speaking of video games, should we talk about some more on the show this week? We'll be discussing Mass Effect Andromeda and the Uncharted movie. But first let's talk some more about the Nintendo Switch, shall we, Matt, on the topic of Nintendo. Why would um, we, why would we talk about video games on a video game podcast? What do you think? Yeah, I know. We should just scratch like video games from the, the intro, shouldn't we? And just have like Press Start's weekly discussion podcast. Like yeah. we just chat about, you know, like the technology we got over Christmas and blah, blah, blah. We're here um, to talk crap. <laughs> That's exactly it. I mean, regardless if we talk video games or not, we do talk a lot of crap, to be yeah. honest. Uh, all right. Switch. The Nintendo Switch. Further to the Nintendo Switch reveal stream happening this coming Friday, Matt. This coming Friday. Woo! Nintendo have announced a Treehouse live stream, which will show off some of the upcoming games that are coming to Nintendo Switch. So, like... We're pretty much assuming we're going to see sort of the launch titles, like gameplay and and whatnot. Uh, so, I wanted to put the question to you: What is your ideal launch lineup for the Nin- Nintendo Switch? Like, what what can you see them happening? What would you like to? What games would you like to see in the mix? Uh, are we going like dream list, or are we going realistically? Uh, do you reckon you can produce two? Uh, I, think, I, well, I mean, I've talked real- a little bit about my dream list in the past, like talking about like what would make the Switch successful. Um, realistically, so about. realistically, I probably see like a couple of you know current ports uh, of new release games that you know that would work on the Switch. Um, oh, you know, I, I like you know we we know that Ubisoft has said that you know it's a good console and we'll continue to support it, blah blah blah. But they say that for every Nintendo console. Um, yeah, so, you know, there, there very well could be, you know, something like maybe Watch Dogs 2 coming out on it, um, you know, depending on if they've had the chance to port it over. Uh, I don't know if it's still relevant at that point. Uh, I guarantee we'll see some kind of, like, me-based game. 
Um, mm. You know, because that's that's just a big hit with Nintendo. They they're not going to drop the Miis anytime soon. You know, it's it's become a staple of their ecosystem. Um, yeah, you know, I I, I kind of see like I see them starting off with a lot of small games as they tend to do. Um, but like you know, if if I could dream up a, a thing, it'd be like instant Zelda. Uh, give us some brand new Metroid title out of left field. Uh, I don't know, brand new Mario Kart, uh, Pokemon Stadium Three or whatever. Um, hey, imagine like you know, if they turn it turns out there's like Pokemon Snap Two, and you take the Switch and it's got a camera on the back, and you go out and you play Pokemon Snap in public. That'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be awesome if it had like some sort of support for Pokemon Go as well. Like, I, I mean, I, we don't know if it's going to have like 3G capabilities, um, but certainly if it did, I think that kind of opens it up to a whole bunch of different applications again. Um, I like that you kind of mentioned like, current games that are out, sort of getting released on the Wii, uh, on the Switch, sorry. Um, like that, I hadn't really considered that. Like, uh, yeah, of course, like games we've just had sort of come out over the last holiday season may well be ported across. Um, you know, Watch Dogs might be nifty. I and mean, like, imagine if you had kind of like live sites or something, like some sort of installations that if you took your Switch out with you and played Watch Dogs on the go, you could kind of like interact with these installations in some way. I don't know. That'd be like a cool thing. They could do it like White Knight or Vivid in Sydney or something like that. Um, that's my that's the marketing side of me coming out. Look at that. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we were talking about dream kind of launch lineups for sure. Like, I'd love to see... We, we, we still don't know when exactly Zelda's coming out. Um, hopefully that's at launch. Um, if it's a month or two, like, that'd be right. But hopefully yeah it's their day one well that that um, um zelda worries me because they've said you know like that it'll come out on on the wii u and all that but they haven't yeah. really they haven't really outlined anything about like the fact like they we know that it's coming out on the switch and we've seen sort of like a couple of demos and stuff but they haven't actively said yeah it'll be ready to go day one for the switch um, yeah do you, do you reckon it hurts or benefits the game like if it comes out let's say two months after the release of the nintendo switch because like are people gonna wait like are they gonna just buy uh a switch in that time and, and play the game when it comes out there or do you think people are gonna just not buy the switch and then play it on the wii u when it comes out it doesn't like, it doesn't hurt the game as much as it hurts the console i mean if yeah. you if you release a console with no you know, games that people like, you know, every, everyone is waiting for Zelda. Everyone knows that everyone's mm. waiting for Zelda. If you mm. launch the Switch in anticipation of Zelda and you and then, you know, it doesn't come out and they turn around and said it's coming in three to six months or something like that or three months, A, you know, there might be a little bit of a snap up of all the Wii U's that are left in, in retail and everything. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, who knows? Um but B, you know, it's this game that everyone's been waiting for and you've just delayed, you know, like massive sales of your console. Like people will still go out and buy it, you know, straight away because there are tech heads who want to do that and they want to pull mm. it apart and they want to, you know, do everything. But if you if you say, oh, Zelda's coming out three months after the Switch, you've basically lost, you know, half of your sales base there because nobody, yeah. you know, that's, that's one game that they all want to buy it for. So... Yeah, I think it makes it much more sense to release it before the the Switch. Like, have it, let's say, even like a, a couple of weeks might make the difference. Like, you have a bunch of people that pick it up on the Wii U, 
and then when it come when the Switch is eventually released, they go, "Hey, uh, I could play the same game I'm playing, and I could." take it around with me and have like updated visuals like that'd be pretty sick plus all these extra games that are now out in it maybe i will do that like i reckon that makes more kind of sense from nintendo's perspective um in terms of like driving both the game and the console um but yeah like we've you know we talked a little bit about dream lists uh i've mentioned before um that i'd love to see like an original sort of uh 2d metroid game uh in the mix um I reckon that'd be awesome and sort of paying um, fair recognition to the to people's nostalgia for that series um, and also sort of correcting some of the wrongs that have been done in more recent uh, Metroid games, um, Federation Force. Um, Too bad you get a, <laughs> another Federation Force. You get the, yeah. <laughs> bigger, the bigger, better, improved Federation Force sequel and it's the only game you get to play on the Switch for three months until Zelda comes out. <laughs> that'd be right hopefully that doesn't happen um but obviously you know there's stuff like staples kind of like like a mario party game which i reckon is going to be something that's excellently suited for the switch um uh a mario kart um and uh and what's the other one i'm forgetting uh super smash bros how could i forget that um yeah like i wonder what's going to happen with those are they going to be sort of temporal franchises they leave sort of down the line and sort of flesh out that holiday season and sort of drive sales around there or when where are they going to sit in the the timeline i think it's interesting to see one of my Um, one of my biggest interests would be mm. to see what kind of uh compatibility it has with previous nintendo things if any um, yeah. that'd be another thing that would sell it a bit more is if it's got compatibility with either like DS, which I kind of doubt or like yeah. Wii U or whatever, if it's got compatibility with anything prior Nintendo, people are more likely to pick it up rather than, you know, leaving it go. Um, because they know that they've already got games to play on it and then they can keep themselves occupied until, mm. you know, something comes out. So... Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be interesting kind of seeing how, like, the media works, because obviously, like, Wii U is all on disc, and this seems to be taking cartridges and whatnot. Um, I can't imagine it's going to be backwards compatible, like, very few consoles are nowadays anyhow, so that's not a big loss, but, like, hopefully, you know, there's some sort of transferal. Um, yeah, I don't know, that's kind of that's kind of hard to predict, I guess, but I, pe- I feel like people are pretty kind of used to getting a new console and having to get, like, a new catalogue of games to, to match it. Um, people aren't so used to carrying over previous catalogues of games now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, do you reckon it's going to have sort of like a, a Wii Tennis, or, sorry, not Wii Tennis, a Wii Sports kind of title at day one? Um, obviously, that was so pivotal to the success of the Wii. You had people buying it purely for that one game. Um, do you think it's going to have some sort of feature like that that's in the box that's really going to sort of push people towards it? There's a there's a possibility that it could, uh, but at the same time, for that to be something people want to play... Um, like, I mean, do we know what comes in the bundle with the Switch? I mean, like, I'm assuming... We know very little about the console. I'm ass- I mean, I was this, say... this episode's going to date itself very quickly, because yeah. come Friday, we're going to find out a lot, and yeah. we're sort of all just sort of... I was going to say, uh, you know, depending on what's in the box, I mean, if in the box it's only, like, the tablet and, you know, I'm, I'm guessing the controller's got to be with it. You know, they're not that stupid to sell that yeah. separately. But then again, this is a company that released a... Um, a handheld without a charger like three or four times. <laughs> um, you know, there's 
who knows? Like if if they don't um, if they don't have the control in there, then there's no point in you know including a game with it if you got a, no control to play it with. You know. Yeah. Um, hopefully that doesn't come to that. Hopefully there's enough sort of memory on the thing as well, and you're having to buy extra SD cards and whatnot. Or you know if they go proprietary like so many other things have done. They. I, think, I, I think swear to God, if issue. anyone ever does proprietary memory again after the PS Vita, I'm just. Look, I, w- I, think, I don't know. I think we'll, the 3DS, we'll invent something embarrassing for me to do in case I lose that bet. I think the 3DS, uh, they learnt, you know, 3DS and Wii U, they learnt that proprietary is not the way to go. Um, yeah. Sony, for sure. some reason, you know, just did not understand that, you know, proprietary is not the way to go. So Sony loves Sony loves making crap. You know, they, <laughs> lo- they love going, oh, you know what? Everyone else is doing this. We're going to do this. And the yeah. only, the hey, only, let's stick the only, our name on another bit of plastic. Yay! Yeah, the only time it really worked for them was uh, with Blu-ray. You know, they they yeah. were in in conjunction developing Blu-ray. You know, everything else, it's like, why? What? Can you just guys stop? What it are didn't you, save Betamax. No, dude, Beta. You you've gone through so many iterations. You've gone through Betamax. I'm pretty sure they tried like a floppy disk system in the '90s. Um, it wasn't zip drives, uh, but they tried something else that didn't work. Did they um, make CDs? Was CD Sony? No, C- CD, I think, was someone else. Compact disc. I'm searching it now. Anyway, um, <laughs> while, while you while you do that, I'll prattle on. Um, uh, co-developed by Philips and Sony. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Um, and then, you know, they had the Memory Stick Pro Duo for the, the you know, the PSP, which, you know, worked mm. in their cameras as well, but everyone's like, why? You know, SD card is the way to go. And they're like, no, Memory Stick. Memory Stick's good. Everyone loves Memory Stick. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and then the Vita came out and everyone's like, did, are you serious? You couldn't have just gone micro SD? And they're like, yeah, but well, these, these are... PS1, PS2 memory cards were proprietary too, right? Yeah, but I, that, that's, I think that's different because even Nintendo did the, you know, the kind of the save block things. Um, they had mm. their, they had their, you know, save blocks. Um, and Sony did memory cards only because at the time it was the smallest, you know, kind of thing is like they they weren't going to include a floppy drive or an additional disc drive onto a PlayStation just to yeah. save games. You know, yeah. um, and they were over cartridges. You know, that was that was the closest thing they had to a cartridge on the PlayStation. Sure. Um, so I think they learned from that, but they just haven't learned from you know other proprietary things. Anyway, we're not talking about uh, physical Sony. media. <laughs> we're talking about Nintendo. We're talking about how Nintendo, you know, I think has finally learned that that and and region free. Is there a possibility that it was going to be region free? Was I reading um, somewhere? Yeah, I think. I don't know if Shannon was just making silly pictures or if that was legit. I I can't separate fact from fiction anymore. If it was if it was legit <laughs> if it was legitimate though it would be a good thing because I think Nintendo hasn't learnt that yet either is that people you know don't want region locked devices Sony Sony learnt that ages ago you know but it's like for some reason Nintendo's still like no we're gonna we're gonna lock everything you have to buy it from your country at an inflated price yeah um, I think it's uh, I think it's rumored to be region free it's one of these rumors that's probably true probably. Hopefully, we'll hopefully. If if you're traveling around with it as much as people like expect to be, I reckon it's going to be region free. No, you have to go and buy that region game to play with the people in that country. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we're okay. So we're hoping that Nintendo have uh, have learned from their history in the past and are going to have a nice, robust uh, Switch lineup for us. Uh, but let me run this by you while we're speaking of Switch launch titles, Matt. Um, what are your thoughts on the rumored um, Ubisoft Nintendo sort of cooperation making a Mario Rabbids crossover RPG sort of game? Have you heard about all this? Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, what um, are you? What are your thoughts on this rumored game? Do you, could this be a launch title? It, it, it look, it may very well be, and that's what I was saying. You know, Ubisoft was saying earlier that their partnership with Nintendo, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, personally, I just don't care. I don't care for the <laughs> rabbits. I don't care. Like it's, it'd be like you know, someone turned around and said, "Hey, did you know that they're gonna put the minions from like Despicable Me in Mar- in Mario?" And I'd be like, "I just, I just don't care." I, I, yeah. you know, kitty, kitty kind of things like that just do not interest me. As a gamer, I don't care. So you know, if it works for them, fine. But yeah, no, I have, I have no input on that. So I'm sort of morbidly curious as to what this looks like. Um, in uh, in Shannon's write-up, he sort of referred to um, reference to the game that it's going to be more of a str- sort of strategy RPG. Uh, he likens it to something more XCOM than sort of a conventional RPG like Paper Mario. And I'm like, ah, oh, this, this sounds like, this sounds really bizarre. Like this, I don't know. Like, And in the video, like you see the, um, you see Mario and Luigi both wearing rabbit's ears and some me's wearing rabbit ears and sort of, it looks like a rabbit sort of with a toad hat and stuff like that. So it looks like this could well be happening somehow, but it just seems really, really bizarre. Um, I don't consider Rabbids like that big of a property in all honesty. I think like like you, we've, we've kind of got a disconnect there. Um, but it, I have it. heard that in like certain regions, like Rabbids is a really sort of popular brand. Yeah. Um, which no, you know surprises me, but like, don't give me floats a, your boat, I guess. Don't give me a Rabbids game. Give me a Rayman cross Mario game. Come yeah, on, I, come on. I grew up. They're both there. Yeah. Oh, dude. I grew yeah, up like with a three D platformer with like Mario. Rayman crossover. Yeah, I grew oh. up. I grew up with Rayman. Rayman was yeah, on, on the PS One. Um, mm. You know, and like it's kind of it's kind of gone away. Like they had Rayman Legends. Well, Rabbit or... spawned off Rayman. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like they had Rayman Legends or whatever it was. It came out on the Wii U when the Wii U first came out. Um, yeah. And then that was like the last Rayman game we ever saw. You know, it's like bring well, it there was, back. Yeah. Cross there was it that Rayman my... game that did really well. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Um, what was it called? Now the sort of more side-scrolling one. That was um, that was Legends. That was I'm pretty sure was it was Legends. Legends. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and that did very very well. I thought. Like, yeah. It was pretty well received critically and commercially. But they um, they're just obsessed yeah, with yeah. rabbits. It's like stop being obsessed with rabbits. Give me. Give me a proper Rayman game and cross it over with Mario. That's like, and then put him in Smash Brothers, and then like you know, everyone will have fun with that. But I don't want like you know, I, I don't understand people's obsession with like cute little animated things that don't speak properly. Like you're right, you're right to like them to minions. They're just as annoying. Yeah. They're just kind of little white things instead of yellow things that make weird kind of babbling noises. Um, apparently that's what people like nowadays, so... I don't know. Stop Make- liking these things, people. <laughs> Stop, Stop it. Stop putting them on iPhone cases God and damn walking it. around. Get an Android. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, though, morbidly curious. This this could be really wacky and wonderful, um, or it could be a flaming pile of trash. 
but I suppose we'll just have to see. We will see. We will see. Speaking yeah. of seeing, let's see what's next on the agenda. Speaking of March releases, because Switch games should be coming out in March with the game with the console. Like you get, Zelda. You get the segue. You get like the segue. Zelda. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like uh, releasing March twenty third with no season pass is Mass Effect Andromeda. So news this week obviously was that it is releasing it has a release date march 23rd here in australia the uh the yanks get it a couple of days earlier annoyingly uh and there's not going to be any season pass um matt i don't really know if you've got much of attachment to the mass effect series have you played the games i absolutely loved the mass effect trilogy ah cool um good i've only played like a bit of two Um, well actually to be honest i only ever played uh two and three um, okay, well, it's I more think, than I have. But I you think them. the well, I I liked the story of, of two. Two was really good, uh, yeah. and then the good writer left, and three. Well, this is the general consensus, right? Yeah, the third was kind of a bit third, disappointing. Third was a letdown. Um, like I could see where they were going, and I just felt like you know, once once I kind of read what happened in the ending, because I like you know, I was into playing it, and then something else came out, and it kind of slipped away, and I never finished it. And then I read up on the ending, because you know, in the end, you're like, I'm probably not going to go back and play it, so let's yep. just have a look at what happens. And then I read the ending, I'm like, man, I built up all that, and that's what happens. Yeah. And I'm just like, nah, I'm not playing that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's the whole thing, is, is you know, like, I think I think that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Like, everyone, everyone else seems to be excited about, you know, the new Mass Effect, and I'm sitting there going, y- you know what? Uh, I, uh, nah. I just, nah. Um, I'll, 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 I'll keep an eye on it as it comes out and goes through, but I just, I'm not that interested to be honest. Yeah. I'm really, Mass Effect's one of those things I'm really disappointed I missed the boat. I think I'd have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more had I sort of played it at the right time. Um, I think I tried like, I, I went back to like Mass Effect 2 like way after 3 had been released and I it just didn't kind of like fill the hole, I guess that I needed at that particular point in time. I, I spent too long, like trying to recruit people to my team. Cause I bought one of these additions that you could like get extra people and stuff. And, and I was like trying to do all that. And I got stuck in each individual character's backstory. And, um, I sort of ruined the pace of the story for myself in that regard. Um, and so I sort of fell away from it, drifted away, went off and played something else, something else. Um, which I, kind of regret because like by everything about this game I, I should love it like i'm obsessed with science fiction and uh and you know rpgs for that sort of matter and uh, it just looks like my kind of game like i remember when i was playing two i sort of described it to my brother the two of us grew up playing ratchet and clank games uh and i'm like it's it's like a sort of adult ratchet and clank in a way like you're sort of exploring space meeting people collecting things upgrading your weaponry it's it's kind of like that right um but because i never really sort of played it at the right time i feel i'm, I'm really excited for andromeda coming out and sort of getting involved with it everyone at the same time like I, I love doing that with dark souls games too like when it comes out like jumping in at day one with everyone else and sort of seeing how you kind of go about it and discovering each little nook and cranny together like as a community um so i think i'll probably try and do the same with sort of andromeda um the no season pass thing i think is quite interesting um i don't know if it means that there'll be no paid dlc i'm wondering what you sort of read into that matt but you know, the way I see it, like, you know, cosmetic stuff or even kind of expansions could still be there and they could still be paid, but you, there's just no kind of, like, 
plan for continuous DLC releases, so there's no needs, no need for a season pass. Um, but you know, a bit unusual for EA. They often do season passes. Um, I, think, I think season passes are kind of on their way out, though. They were a big, they were a big hit for the like, like the previous generation. But you notice mm. more and more games these days are coming out without them. You know, um, yeah. And the season, the season pass was a bit of. It, <laughs> I remember when the when um, you know online codes were a thing um, for you know for games before you had to pay to get online for like you know Sony and stuff. Online codes were a thing because they wanted to avoid pre-owned games and stuff. Um, and they used to hide online codes in the season pass, you know. So you'd buy the game and you'd get the season pass, which was technically the online code plus a bit of DLC or whatever. Um, I, you know, I don't think... Like, I, I guarantee you there will be uh, paid DLC because it's a Mass Effect game and they want to make money somehow. Um, but it could be, and, you know, if it is, then I welcome it. It could be that this game is a complete game that we haven't seen in a while. You know, like, that's the whole... that That's one of the things that annoys me about Season passes: the fact that... You are basically you buy a game on launch day and it's not complete, um, and then you're yeah. paying to get more, uh, which theoretically I think that's a little bit silly because it's kind of like you know oh you buy a car on launch day but you know later down the track they're going to release windows for that car and <laughs> you got to buy those windows and there's people driving around without windows on their car. <laughs> You know, but then you get Windows, and so you're all you know really cool and whatever. But you had to pay to get those Windows installed. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, maybe it's I, not I, the greatest I example. Get, but I get the reference. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I feel like the problem with games releasing unfinished these days is more so the problem with um, day one patches and and kind of rush to uh, rush to market games. But like but, I I don't but, you wanna... know there have been like Destiny was kind of criticised for that, and like you know I think I think what you're saying is still. It's still valid for some instances. Whether I don't want to have to pay to get the entire story. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, if I read a book, mm. I don't have to pay for additional pages to read that book. You know, yeah. I get the I get the the story in one hit. It's like, yeah, it might be a good story, and I can see that you guys want to keep working on that game and building the universe, but I don't want to have to pay more to build that universe. I want you know what I've got right there. Um, and that's it, you know. So I, I like I don't think I've purchased a season pass or additional story content for a PS4 game while I've had the PS4. And that's because like I'll get enough out of the story. One, the story's not enough to entertain me. Um, you know, or it's too long or whatever, I get sidetracked with something else. Um, but two, by the yeah, you know, by the end of it, it's like I don't really care, you know, it's like it's add-on content. You know, I, I don't really care to pay more to get more of the story. Mm. You know, it's not it's not like it's a comic book or something. It's not like it's whatever that's ongoing. It's like you you purposely you had these you know basically half built in, and you release the game, and then you release these on you know on the down low uh, to fill in the code. But you made people pay for them, so mm. hopefully yeah. it doesn't come to that. I'm sort of hoping they. Uh... They follow CD Projekt Red's model um, that they did for The Witcher 3. Uh, I reckon that's just like yeah. really sort of the stock standard or like what we should expect now. Um, that's that, well, that's a, 
that's a company just sitting there and going, you know what, you you bought you know you bought our game. You know we we love you for that, so we're not going to charge you more to keep going. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So and and even to the extent where like in every copy of the box you bought, there was like a thank you letter from the developers. You know, like they uh they they're amazing and like the the way they sort of like the, all the DLC and stuff rolled out afterwards and that was all free. But then they did release kind of major expansions. Um, you know, like uh, Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone. I think it was now, um, which are major expansions on top of what's already like a two hundred hour game. Um that you only pay sort of like 30, 40 bucks for. Uh, I think, you know, that's like a good way to go about it. Like, hey, you know, here is this full-on game. Here's a bunch of extra content that we're going to release for free. And then if you still want more, we've got these kind of major expansions uh, available for sort of half the price or less than half the price of the original game. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And hopefully, hopefully uh, they follow the same sort of tact with Ho- Mass Effect Andromeda. Hopefully, but they probably hopefully. won't. We'll see. It's EA <laughs> piloting the ship. We'll see. Uh, last but not least, Matt, let's talk a little bit about the Uncharted movie. The lead writer for the upcoming movie, uh, Joe Carnahan, has announced that he has completed his draft for the film. Uh, in an Instagram post, he called the script monstrously cool, saying it was done and dusted. Um, Matt, what do gamers have to do to get this movie to hurry the hell up and get out in cinemas? Uh... Don't push it. <laughs> don't don't push it. No, seriously, don't push it. I mean, like, come on. Uh, the bad taste that's been left in everyone's mouth from you know Assassin's Creed, um, the the mm. you know from what we're seeing of like you know Resident Evil is still going somehow. Um, yeah. I I chalk that up to the fact that it's just a mindless zombie flick that you know doesn't really make sense. But you know that's that's just me. Um, but like, don't, don't push it. Like, you know, it's, it's Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog has control of this. You know, it's not like it's a studio come along and said, Hey, we're going to buy, we're going to buy the rights to it and we're going to make a movie. And everyone's like, yeah. And then they're like, and we're going to write it, but it's going to be a brand new take on the character. And they're like, Oh no, no. Look, I think, Mm. I think, I think it could be good. Um, I, that's why I say, don't rush it. Don't press them to make it, you know, make it happen and get it done. Because if they rush it into production, if they rush it into, you know, whatever, it will be bad. Like guaranteed it will be bad. Um, okay. That's interesting. That's, you, you don't, you don't want a rushed movie because rushed movies are bad. You know, they, they just don't work. Um, and yeah. yeah, you know, like Naughty Dog, yeah, they're in control they're you know they're helming the project so it it should go you know like the same way as the games um which is what people want but you know i in the back of my mind sit there and go there's never really been a really good video game movie um you know like i mean we had one last year in world of warcraft and boy did that bomb Um, you know, we had (laughs) Assassin's Creed's just come out and within the first couple of days, they're like, just, just don't, just don't go and see it. This, Um, like, my thinking though is that because people are reacting so badly to video game movies, my worry is that they're just not going to go ahead with Uncharted. They're just going to avoid doing it or avoid taking the risk entirely. And And that's why I'm like, the audience, the people that want this movie to happen need to get out there. Well, I... 
you know, torches and pitchforks outside Sony Picture Studios and say, we want this movie. I, like, but I'm worried know, it's just not going to happen ever at this point. It's, an in- it's, it's actually a really interesting discussion to kind of think about because, you know, we've, we've had this discussion a lot of times at the press start, sort of, you know, imaginary head offices, um, yeah. that, you know, video games should be considered, you know, an art form on par with cinema and everything. Uh, it's really, uh-huh. it's really funny to think if that's the case, why are we then, you know, if, if video games could be seen as a more progressive form of cinema, why do we keep going back to thinking that we need a movie for a video game when video games have kind of transcended cinema? They're an interactive, they're basically an interactive film in some cases. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, you know, I, I see what you're saying and you know, like, you know, based on the conversations we've had in the past, that I share that same sort of frame of mind. Yeah, but but you know, I think like people wanting an Uncharted movie uh, are not people that are going. Oh, I I don't play video games, but that Uncharted story seems interesting. Like it's not people like that. Like it's people that have played the games. Yeah. and just want to sort of experience the story in a different way. Um, Do you know what? If you want the Uncharted movie to be good, turn around to Steven Spielberg and say, Indiana Jones for a modern generation. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I feel like people have been saying. And Maybe then, not, you know, face-to-face with Steven Spielberg. And then but... Spielberg will turn around <laughs> and go, all right, but I get to rewrite it and this and that and everything else. And then We're it... going to call it Nathan Drake and the Kingdom of a Crystal Skull. They, no, they're going to call it Na- uh, uh, Nathan Drake Jones. Nathan um, Drake Jones. And then it turns out that he wrote, rewrote the What if they made Nathan Drake... Shia LaBeouf and it was like the son of Indiana Jones what if they made Nathan Drake a girl <laughs> and named him Lara Croft and cast Angelina Jolie <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe oh, look, maybe maybe another... people should be complaining hey you got your own child movies the gold tomb Raider. yeah <laughs> um no, I don't I... know. Like it, going back to your point though, earlier about like video game stories, like I've been championing the Last of Us movie more so than Uncharted because I just think the Last of Us is a better story. Um, but the reason I want that to be made in a movie is so that the people that don't play video games um, experience that story and they realize like the level of narrative being told in the video game space now. Like, I, I know, like, so many people, namely from older generations, that, uh, you know, absolutely adore cinema and love a good narrative, but don't play video games. And I want them to see what they're missing out on. But like, that's, that's why I want The Last of Us movie to happen. That's the thing, is that what you're talking about, again, goes back to what I'm saying, is that playing The Last of Us through that narrative and being immersed in it compared to just watching it in a yeah. two-and-a-half-hour film on the screen, it's yeah, not, it it's not the, the same. same. You know, no. it's it's condensed, it's shoehorned, it's, you know, it's cut down. You won't get the same experience that you do playing that game. So, you know, yeah. again, that's the whole thing is, you know, video games are the progressive version of what cinema was, you know, so many years ago. Um, it's just so frustrating, you know? I just want people to realise how damn good video games are. All you have to do is kidnap them and lock them in a room and put a control <laughs> in their hand. And I swear I haven't done this. I haven't got a warehouse full of people <laughs> locked up or anything. Please. Eventually they'll get bored. Please to you the tell cops. Them a don't meal look for into each this. level they complete. Yeah. Um, don't look into this because you won't find anything. Um, <laughs> I've already got covered my tracks. Um, oh God, I'm talking out loud. 
Uh, please scrub this from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 84 of the Startcast. Obviously, no What the Wiki with just the two of us today. Uh, but subscribe to us on iTunes or any other podcast service of your choice. Just search the Startcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at press.au, as well as visiting the site, of course, at press.com.au. Uh, you can join the conversation. Send us your topics, any recommendations for what we should chat about over on Twitter at press.au and use the hashtag hashtag the startcast i've been your host ewan roxborough welcome back happy new year from me this is my first episode back for the new year so hello to everyone out there uh you can follow me on twitter at unt roxborough and joining us today was matt yo you can follow me on twitter at mv zamari and then Sometimes I post some fancy photos through Instagram, so follow me in that too. With your fancy film camera. They always look really nice. Oh, it's not It's not always film, it's sometimes film. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's, my they're handy, always nice. handy little Samsung. <laughs> um, I'm hoping Press Out Late Nights will be returning this week as well. Should get some time later this week to put another episode out and return that for uh, hopefully a more lengthier season throughout the year. Woo! Excited about that. Uh, In the meantime, happy gaming. Catch you next week. Bye.